Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Timeless Lore Podcast, where we discuss all lore that was and all lore that will ever be. I'm your co-host Adam. And I'm your co-host Dushin. And joining us in studio today is our very own special guest, Erin. Hello. Now before we get into the topics, we have 1999 by Prince. Don't worry. I won't hurt you. I only want you. by Prince. Now, starting off today's episode is my co-host, Adam. Yes, and I will be discussing the Netflix show Alice in Borderland. So, the show is a Japanese sci-fi thriller, and it is, you can consider it as the same vein as shows like Squid Game. Um, It's based on a manga by an author named Haro Aso, who has worked on a lot of other Japanese projects and mangas and is directed by Shinsuke Sato. The first episode aired on the 10th of December 2020 in Japan, in Japanese, and it was on Netflix. So, recently enough, the second season came out on the 22nd of December 2021. And I will just go from, I will just go through some of the starring roles. Uh, so we have Kento Yamazaki playing Arisu, Tao Tsushuki, as Usagi and Nijiro Murkutemi as Chisheya. So the show follows um, a boy and two of his friends, well, a boy, 17 year old, two of his friends, that 
are pretty much bombs living around Tokyo, uh, leeching off their parents. And one day, after they're running away from the police, they walk out into the street to an empty Tokyo with nobody around. And when night falls, they're led by a sudden flashing light to a game arena where they meet their where they meet some humans that tell them they must play a game. And obviously that's the whole premise of the entire show. To survive in this world you must play games to get days on your visa. Yes? Uh do we learn anything specific about these bombs um before uh you know they get into the games? Or they're really just is their entire character just them being hobos wandering to Well no they're not hobos. They're just people who've dropped out of college. Well, just young men. Yeah. Basically, they're just thrown into this sudden world of games and death. And that's never really explained to us in the show. Suddenly, in an abandoned Tokyo, they make their way to a game arena to play a deadly game of choose which door uh, leads to the, the exit. So, after their first game, the three friends realize that these are not childhood games, but deadly games where you can and will die. But Arisu, our main character, is exceptionally smart, and he figures out the game pretty quickly. And so most, so all of his friends and most of the other people with them make it out. And he soon makes a group of allies in the city who kind of explain to him what is going on. The condition, the living condition in this world is to have visa, days on your visa. And if your visa expires, you will die through a laser through the head. And no one knows where this laser comes from. But the only way to go on is to keep playing these games. So that's why it can be considered to be the same as Squid Game, because a lot of these games are like hide-and-seek. But the last person who is on is the only one who survives. Which is a twist, because it's usually the person who is on would die. But it's only the person... It's only the person who sur- the only person who survives is the person who's on. So it's a twist on these childhood games, like in Squid Game. Does the entire world in which this takes place revolve around these games, or are they simply in the wrong neighborhood? No. This entire world, as far as they can see, is full of these game arenas that every night pop up. So, a concept that is introduced pretty early on is that every time a game is played, you win a card. Um, like, from your standard deck of cards like the three of hearts or the six of spades but there are no face cards like jacks and kings that comes into play in the second season but basically if it's if the system is if a card is a high number the game is more difficult and if a game is a low number it is easier and there is four game categories if it's a club it's a team game a heart, it's a game, if it's a heart card, it's a game where you play with people's hearts. So those are the worst, obviously. There's a spade game, which those are uh, physical. And finally, there's a diamond game, which are intellectual. Do we learn anything new about any other characters, or does it just follow um, the main character and some of his friends? Yeah, so basically, as it's revealed to us as we run through the episodes that... People appear in this world every day, but it's like delayed, and they all remember the same Tokyo, the same world they left behind, but they all appear at uh, different times. And we learned that some characters have been here for years, 
And some have just arrived yesterday. Man, sorry, what is the incentive to really live in this world? Like, are they just wandering aimlessly from game to game? Or is there ever periods where you just get them to see? This may seem like a silly question, but they're like... Does their life ever stop from the games, or once they've entered, they can't really get out? So, like, do you ever see any scenes of them just doing regular things? Of course, yeah. So you don't need to play the games. They're not essential. And, for example, um, also a thing, uh, if you get a three of hearts, that gives you three days on your visa. If you get a ten of hearts, it gives you ten days on your visa. So you could play one game, and you're set for the next ten days. And obviously, what sets this apart from shows like Squid Game, and what, in my opinion, makes it better is that the characters here, it is very much character-driven. And there are, for example, I won't want to spoil it too much, but 90% of the main cast are killed off within the first few episodes. I think what could set it aside from Squid Game, really, is that there's a lot more of an essence to human life to it when I hear. So, for example, in Squid Game, people are dropping like flies, and it's not that much of a big deal. You know, in the first episode, like, a couple of people get shot in the red light, green light. In this, like, you can really see, there's an incentive to play, to live, to risk your life, to continue living. Whereas in Squid Game, you're just doing it for a couple bucks, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it is a question of life and death. So, like, the thing is, they didn't really know what they were getting into. With Squid Game, well, they didn't know what they were getting into, but... They kind of signed up for it. These guys didn't really sign no, up. No, they were just thrown into this world. So, in the latter half of the season, Arisu meets up with a new group of friends, or supposed friends, that tell him about a place called the beach, a paradise in this ap- apocalyptic world. And this is where the latter half of the season takes place. So, the beach is ruled over by a man called the Hatter. And he has basically brainwashed all the people at the beach that he will be able to get them out of the, this world if they collect a full deck of cards. And by the time Arisu comes along, there are only three cards. Mainly the Ten of Hearts, which has never appeared in the game. They've never been collected. And the Hatter believes once all 40 of these number cards are collected, including the Aces, he will be able to free himself and all the people at the beach from this world and all the people at the beach follow him and because of this because of this big congregation of people they've been able to get electricity which no electricity works anywhere else they've been able to get water and live like it was an actual hotel but by the end of the season the beach falls apart with the hatter's death and with the ten the ten of hearts finally appearing and basically there's a bloodbath at the beach i'll say that much um, forgive me for this a bit of a silly question, but obviously you mentioned Hatter. Like, where do we get the Alice in Wonderland pun? Like, where does that play into it? Well, to be honest... Is it like a mystical world Well, within the Borderland, obviously? It's called Borderland because, well, if you walk too far from the borders of Tokyo, your visa will eventually expire. And that... Maybe I don't want to spoil it, but... The world isn't identical. Tokyo is, but basically, there is no way of leaving the world. Even if you were to walk, even if you get a, a thousand days on your visa, you would never be able to just walk out of there. Um, if 
like you do can do do people eventually just die um like ha, correct me if i'm wrong but how many people actually die from like in the show how many people actually die from just On screen their visa expiring yeah oh like is, is it a because that would very like set into the fear like it's it wouldn't just be a looming thing in the background oh, yeah. that you forget about like is it a very real threat to oh yeah the no people are kept ca- captive so they can't participate in the games like at the beach for example there people are kept captive uh, it's a big plot point definitely that you have to play these games and so look i think i spoiled a bit there but if you like squid game or if you like character driven thrillers and this is a bit of a horror there is a bit of a horror implemented to this and if you like mystery if you like horror mystery squid game this is a perfect show for you now it's not a perfect show definitely not definitely not but the second season has brought a really new um dynamic and although i've spoiled a lot for what to expect from the first season i would definitely recommend watching both seasons will there be a third season coming out soon that we can expect or definitely the second season left on a bit of a cliffhanger but i would think the third season is gonna come and it will be the last because it seems three seasons should tie the story up so that's all we have time for for the first topic of the day and yeah i would just just to say one last thing i would definitely recommend recommend the song or the recommend the show to anyone who enjoyed squid game and who enjoys horror in any way and you know um i i think it's great that a japanese show is being supported by netflix and i think it's yeah. given a big platform for these to 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 like to the world in the west obviously they miss out on a lot of good japanese content and it's good that netflix is bringing awareness to it like, yeah for for show and media now um for our interval we'll be is it dubbed yeah it is yeah for our interval we will be playing from the new metallica album looks eternal
So that was Luxeterna from the new Metallica album. Then that's going to be coming out sometime 2023. So for our second topic of the day, we have our co- my co-host, Oshin. So I will be discussing the question of, should monarchies still exist in the present world? Now before I make my point, I just want to see if any of you have any jibes about this topic. Because I, I might, with my point, I might be going on a bit of a rant, so. Um. Yeah, so I think it's an interesting topic um, to discuss, especially, about, it's, been a, it's been a lot of months now, but especially after Queen, Queen Elizabeth's death. Mm. And with the monarchy of England continuing. Mm-hmm. And we're falling apart in some ways, you know, uh, with the Harry and Meghan. Um, and... Definitely, you can see what a blow the death of the queen was to the to the English people. So you could definitely argue, in one way, that it was a good thing. But really, what did the queen do except be a figurehead? It's more, yeah. I mean, the family is more of a PR figure for the people to admire because really, they don't have any free reign of the country that they supposedly rule. Now the idea is a bit of a out is a bit outdated. If you see in the times where most mo- we can use England for example in the past England before um Prince Henry um uh like converted it was mainly a catholic country. And before Martin Luther introduced um his religion, his variation of Christianity. Um and the idea of the monarchy was that these people, this family were specifically chosen by God to rule. And nowadays, that idea is a bit outdated because we live in a world where religion is free. As in, like, you know, just because you aren't bound to a religion because you live in a country. And it can certainly... The idea can certainly offend people because they think, oh, they think they're better. It's not not a democratic um, ruling system. Even though they don't really do anything for the country, I I mean you could argue you could argue that um, you know it's it's a good way to represent the United Kingdom, but uh, I I wouldn't agree with it and especially because no one can well you can marry into it as we've seen Meghan Markle do, but she describes it as like the worst time of her life, like being being faced. By such like, yeah, yeah, and even Princess Diana, yeah, that that uh, that didn't end too well. Although she was a nice person, supposedly. So now I'm not saying Meghan Markle Marf- is a perfect person by any means, but I I understand that it's certainly hard marrying into the royal family. I just don't think it's a good idea because like, it's very hard to marry into the royal family because you've basically it's like with marrying celebrities celebrities like they usually would marry other celebrities so as they know they're not meeting like a fan and this is the same thing but you're basically just introduced into this world yeah. where you're somehow if you look at the old ideas um the what what the concept is based on that you're basically inherently better than everyone else yeah and maybe a word uh, although it's off topic on the Meghan Markle controversy, I think the one of the main reasons she thought it was such a horrible time is because 
being a royal isn't all what it's cracked up to be. It's obviously very hard. And I guess maybe in some ways she wanted just to have a normal relationship with her boyfriend. But she had to understand it, this is not a normal person, apparently. Yeah. You know, it mm-hmm. is. And I think, like, rules, like, for example, the queen wasn't allowed to ever appear disheveled or sick in any way. She always had to appear strong. Maybe, you know, maybe someone told her she had to dress modestly something that she didn't agree with you know it's very could be very constricting but is that really is that really a reason or is that yeah is that really a reason for saying is the worst time in life i'm not sure about that you know another controversy they face is just purely the expression of wealth that they hold for example the crown the crown of the monarch group now if you didn't know, that's um, a lot of that crown is made up of stolen jewels from India, and you know, from um, England's time of conquer during the world, they're very powerful. But it's it's a very it's very like a lot of people consider it to be rude that they're still hoarding stolen jewels, like in a in a in a world where it isn't all out warfare for land yeah they're still hoarding stolen they're still hoarding stolen items purely for expression of wealth and you know Buck, you know buckingham palace if you've ever been to it it's it's, it's quite magnificent quite magnificent it, and all the money that goes into it <laughs> it's not the best for the economy to say the least uh i will say that i think the english monarchy in my opinion, is all right. I think it is an, an all right um, idea, I guess. I think it works all right. But I think because they don't have total rule over the country they're set to rule over. There is a government in place in England. Yeah. But I think if we look at, um, say, the monarchy in Saudi Arabia, it is a lot more oppressive because they have strict rules they follow and there is a strict like they are quite strict and they have a lot of power yeah in their country so i think there is with the monarchy if you have too much power there's obviously a chance of corruption and i don't know and i think that's kind of a bad thing i ju- i'd just like to say that um yeah i mean I, I, don't, I don't think the english monarchy is the best example for criticism Purely because it's a lot more vanilla, you could argue, than most other monarchies in the world. And, you know, the outright idea of the English monarchy isn't that they're better, at least the current one. Now, it's built upon that concept, but Queen and, uh, Queen Elizabeth isn't inherently thinking she's better than everyone else, or anyone in the family. Well, at least they're not in- inherently expressing that. But they have... A lot of opportunities to do good in the world that they don't do, which is another criticism that they face. For example, they just have, they have, like, you know, a bit of money. Yeah. And (laughs) that doesn't really go into anything useful, especially because, and people make the argument that they, they get tons of money poured into them and they don't do anything of significance. I'm not saying this. A lot of people argue that they don't do anything of significance in the country. They're not a parliament. They're just... It's just giving money for these people to waltz around glamorously saying that they rule the country. Yeah, no. Um, 
I would say like the English monarchy, like in the hundreds of years, you know, uh, before the, it would like be really sought after, and there would be always the opportunity of conquest, and like those many many wars were fought over the English throne, mm-hmm. and let's just say hypothetically, living in the sixteen hundreds, some new king comes along, kills the old king with his army, and promises to bring in a strong rule for the country. I'd agree with that, right? Okay. I miss the old king, but the the new king is here. He's at least, he's done something. These people haven't done anything. They have not done anything for the last hundred years, and they're essentially, they're essentially just puppets at this point. And I would say, they're not doing any harm, but what good are they doing? I mean... You can also like you can also bring up the the account of Brexit. When did you hear anything about the monarchy discussing Brexit? Mm-hmm. They they really have no power over their country. Exactly. And it's very different to the Saudi Arabian monarchy. They have a lot more power, and it isn't just fake wealth. They're, and I think, but that's the thing about it. They are very expressive that they are the monarchy. They are the kings. You know, people say God. <laughs> Like the English monarchy, of course they are expressive that they are the monarchy, but they don't. Sh- they don't really. Um, they're n- they're not of much. They don't rule as much with an iron fist, and it the country functions a lot better than Saudi Arabia, who is ruled purely by a monarchy. But then you make the question: Why is all this money that can be going into other stuff for England being used on these pub- PR figures who? probably have as much fans as they do haters yeah. um, that have no power. Like, why Why would you want to be born into this family? You can't really marry out of it. If you leave, you'll be, you'll be like, you'll, you'll be, be bad-mounted. Yeah. If you stay, you'll be bad-mounted. You'll be constant. You can't, like, I know not everyone wants to live a normal life, but you can't exactly walk down to your local Tesco and grab, like, anything you want. Um, if if you look if if you see the clips, um, of, um, th- so two members of the family visiting uh, Ireland, uh, in uh, the county, I can't remember which county it was, but you see as much people cheering as much people going Ireland be- belongs to the Irish, so you can clearly see that they have as like they almost have as much fans as haters. Yeah. So it's it's not like you could argue since they're such a beloved thing that they would keep them. But are they really? Yeah. So I think that's a good topic. Maybe maybe even one we might revisit in a later episode. I feel like there's a lot more there's that we can more. talk about on it. That is all we have time for today. So now we will be playing Earthquake or Earthquake by Tyler the Creator. For real, for real this
body roll uh, Don't give a fuck right now Ain't like fuck my lord Don't make up my lord Don't gon' set me up Don't set me up That was Earthquake Or Earthquake by Tyler the Creator Now, discussing the final topic of the day Is our very own special guest Aaron Hi Today, I will be talking about the 2010 uh, animated TV show, Avatar The Last Airbender. Now, I personally am a huge fan of this show. I think it is still very, I guess, it keeps up with shows that are coming out at this time. It is set in a land far away where four nations reside. And within these four nations, um, there's there's, there is conflict, yes. Um, there is member there's special members of each of these nations that have the power of bending which is basically being the power to manipulate an element at their will um now in there's one uh there's one human that is i guess assigned the role of avatar and they're the one human who can master all four elements and are destined to bring peace to the land now our the story of this show follows the avatar uh, whose name is Aang, and he is known as, like, disappearing because for 100 years he was absent from this world. Um, now, he's discovered uh, down in the south of the world in a very icy tundra um, by a brother and sister uh, after uh, he got trapped in ice for 100 years. Um, then there is a lot of conflict in this world between the Fire Nation uh, who are a very aggressive nation and continue to attack others in the goals of ruling over the world. Um, so I know the four basic elements of the show. I've never watched it, but I, I've heard so much about it. Like you said, it's very popular. Do the elements that these clans or these nations um, hold reflect their people in any way? So, for example, you were saying the Fire Nation is aggressive, strong, or this going to sound stupid, but strong, big, like... He did like a fire. Yeah, fire. I would. I would say that oh, yeah. they are kind of used, like the water people. I would say are relatively like the air people, for example. They are the air Pencil, nomads. They're, yeah, they're very peaceful. They are. Um, they're like, I guess, described as monks. They're shown as monks and depicted as monks in the show. Is Avatar one of the or Aang? Sorry, one of the air people. He is. He is originally born into the air nomads. Yeah. Yes. In, on the front of the show, he's bald like a monk. And yeah. Clad in monk robes. There is. Yeah. So with to your with your point of, um, the elements they control reflecting their, I guess, personalities. Um, it is shown as well that the Earth people are very strong and tough and resilient, yeah. as you might expect, like might be a bit more Earth or Rock to be. Yeah, they're not. They're also not seen as the smartest. For example, the Queen of the Earth Kingdom in the show is seen as being, I guess, not smart. She's not depicted as being smart. So the premise of the show is Aang, is it trying to stop the war or stop the Fire People? He's trying i guess it's a little bit of both because the fire people are the catalysts of the war they are the ones being offensive everyone else is just trying to defend against them and ang being the avatar is the one said to bring peace so ang is just trying to i guess quell this war that's been uh hurting this land for so long um this can sound like a silly question but is it like explicitly mentioned in the show elemental weaknesses so for example the fire people might not want to attack the waterbenders 
or like the airbenders might not want to attack the earthbenders. In in the show, it is not explicitly shown weaknesses and strengths. It is instead shown how different elements are strong at different times. Like the firebenders have distinct power during the day because the sun is out and that is reflective of I guess the stronger fire they have. But during the moon, because of the moon controlling the tides, it is shown that the water people possess much more power at nighttime. And how does this bending work? Like, so, it, would it be, would a firebender be able to cast, like, fire from thin air, or would you need a, a source of fire to yeah, use do, it? Do they get to create the matter of their element? Well, there is, um, it's, it, it varies based on the element. Then you could, ar- you might be able to argue that the airbenders are OP, because they, like, always have air. Yeah. The fire yeah. people need to produce a fire. Uh, there is, it is shown in the show that in ancient times, the fire people required fire to bend. But um, thanks to the innovations of a man named Uncle Iroh, uh, who is very beloved in the fandom of the show, um, he discovered a technique to create fire, and that has been used ever since. And then um, for the water and earth people, um, for their select few who are benders, they require water or earth or rocks respectively. There's copious amounts. Yeah, but obviously they're very common, so it's not that hard to get a hand of. And the air people are able to... I mean, they don't have to conjure air because there's air all around them. Yeah. Um, just a question. Are there any ice benders, or would those just be water benders? I'm just wondering, and maybe... Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, but, uh, no. Ice benders don't exist. Water benders can form ice and control ice and turn it back into water, um... But ice benders specifically isn't a thing. It's based on the four main elements that are on Earth as well. Um, so maybe go a bit into the story. So Yeah, so the story revolves around Avatar Aang um, attempting to master the four elements. Now he is, despite being 112 years old, he's only seen as a 12 and he still has the mannerisms of a child. So he's very playful and quite funny. Um, and then, so he goes around to the four nations attempting to master. So he's already a master of airbending as that is his natural bending type. Um, he travels to uh, the water tribe first uh, in attempt to learn with a great master but the master denies him until he finally agrees. Uh, and then there is a siege from the Fire Nation on the Water Nation, uh, on the Water Tribes, because the Fire Nation are attempting to destroy the Avatar. They do not want the Avatar to exist anymore. Um, and they know he's there. So he continues, Aang and his friends, um, who he's gathering a couple of now, there's currently three of them on their flying bison Appa, but they travel to the Earth Kingdom um, to in attempt to learn earthbending, where they meet another fan favorite of the show, whose name is Toph Beifong. She is a small blind girl who is a master of earthbending, um, and she joins them because she wishes just to get away from her overprotective parents. Are the earthbenders bound by the laws of physics of the Earth? So, for example. I've seen in concept with the power of just earth bending, not from the show, just from the concept. People like being able to fly by pulling up a rock on, out of the ground and then just hopping on it. Can they just infinitely control that rock? Like make it shoot up 
go do a loop-de-loop, come back down. It's not shown specifically like flying on a rock. That's not shown in the show. However, they're able to pick up small pieces of earth on the ground and make them float as if like like floating rocks around them. And then they will like throw those rocks at say anyone who opposes them. Is, is there any like element that is explicitly better than any other? Like if you had to rank them, what, what order would you put them in? I would, it's not explicitly shown yeah, no, because all I'm... elements have their own strengths. Yeah. Air is a lot of mobility. Rock is very like sturdy, or earth, I should say. Fire is quite offensive and obviously very dangerous. And then water is, in my opinion, water is the strongest element as you also can create ice, which can act as like rocks because it's very hard. Yeah. Um, it's very fluid. The only downside, it can also do healing. Water is a healing element. Um, I think it's only downside is the fact that you need a water source oh, yeah. to to use it, like so Earth. In the ocean, the water benders are broken. Oh yes, of course, of course. So one thing before we run out of time, what is your opinion on the live action Avatar: The Last Airbender movie? Though I would rather not talk about the live action uh, Avatar movie, as I think it is, to be quite frank, I'll say it, a disgrace. I think it is just, it doesn't depict the characters well. It doesn't depict bending well, in my opinion. Um, I think it was a good attempt at making something. I just don't think it was done correctly. Yeah, it, it was what the people wanted. It was people wanted a live action thing. And I think but they yeah, definitely they, tried that. They, they just didn't, didn't give them what they wanted, but they, didn't, they made what they wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although, something I am excited about is coming up in 2025 it has been announced though it is a while away it's been announced about a new season of avatar and also new movies now i'm not sure whether there will be they will be live action or they'll be animated i do hope they're live action but they do them right this time um that's just my opinion i know i've seen other people wanting them to be animated but i am very excited for the new show that's coming out um just um just if you had the option would you make like the like say with the quality like with maximum quality would you prefer a live action show or an animated show of like the sh- the already existing show if it, if we're talking maximum quality i think that a live action show would be like really amazing i think if they if they did it right it could be such a cool thing i think the animated one even at maximum quality it would be great but the existing one being animated already, I think I'd like to say, see them take a new turn to it, but do it right. Yeah. So that is all we have time for today. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Thomas Lore Podcast. You'll be, you can expect the finale in the future. Yeah. So remember, the clock is burning. Because it's time for Timeless Lore. Thank you for watching. We'll thank see you. you in the next one.